Welcome to the Drivable Podcast. I'm Elliot Barron here and over there is Brad Williams. Today we are talking with or about the Assistive Technology Supplies Association, otherwise known as ATSA, with their CEO, David Sinclair. ATSA is the leading association for technology and all vehicle products. Uh, they also host the flagship ATSA Expo every year around the country in various locations. We've uh, done a few videos of that and done a few um, sort of uh, covers of ATSA in the past, so it's great to have David here. Um, Brad, are you ready for another great episode? I am. We'll uh, get into introducing David in just a second. I can't wait. Welcome to the Drive Able Podcast, where each episode you get to listen to two of Australia's leading professionals in the area of driving and community mobility for people with disabilities. In each episode, they interview drivers, carers, and industry experts and share the insider's guide to driving with a disability. Here are your hosts, Brad and Ollie. Hi, everyone. I am really excited to get into today's interview. But just before we get started, we just wanted to do a quick shout out to our sponsors who make this show possible, Mobility Engineering and Williams OT. This show takes time and money to put together, and we are forever grateful to their passion for our industry. Okay, enough of the business. Let's get on to the interview. Today, we have David Sinclair, who is the CEO of ATSA, joining us today. G'day, David. Thanks for joining us. Can we start by asking you to introduce yourself and tell us a little about your position and how you got there and a little bit about ATSA. So who is David Sinclair, a brief history and how you fit in and got into ATSA. Thank you, Ali and uh, Brad for having me on today. Um, it's great to have the opportunity to talk a little bit about ATSA and what it does for the community. Um, my name's David Sinclair. I'm uh, the executive officer at ATSA and I've been there for, for a number of years now, starting to lose count, well over five. Um, my background is actually in the technical space and I work through various multinationals, Unilever, Canon and the like. And then I spent the best part of nine years with Paraquad New South Wales and I headed up the Bright Sky business. Um, not long after I elected to smell the roses, um, I was encouraged to uh, take on the role here at ATSA uh, to lead it forward. Uh, during that time, ATSA has changed from originally just a industry association to actually now it's a fully registered charity. Now, a lot of people find that quite interesting because most industry bodies don't get the opportunity to be a charity, but what we've been able to demonstrate, and this is primarily because of the expo and the free education that we give, that the ACNC has recognized ATSA does more for the community than it does for its members. So that's an interesting twist that most people don't realize in this sector. And I think that has a lot also to do with the attitude of the, the sector working under a code of practice. And that code of practice means that they actually put the users of AT ahead of their business. Um, and uh, Ali's team at Mobility Engineering also are part of ATSA and they, they follow this code. I think it's a good sign of an industry that actually has recognition for the people around them. Yeah, okay, that's really cool. Yeah, it's fantastic. The uh, ATSA Expos are, you know, try to travel over from South Australia whenever I can. We wish they uh, came to Adelaide. We've got a, a different expo here, the Disability and Lifestyle Expo uh, in Adelaide, which is similar in uh, in process, but it's uh, it's not an ATSA Expo, that's for sure. Do you want to give us a little bit more detail about the ATSA Expos for those who haven't been, maybe thinking about going and, and give us a little bit more background of what is this ATSA Expo? 
Well, the ATSA Living Expo is really aimed at the community to get connected with what's the latest and greatest in assistive technology. Now, this covers more than just motor vehicle modifications, albeit that they are a, a good uh, examples of a number of um, businesses who demonstrate different solutions. Um, there's a lot of mobility. There's also uh, this year for the first time, we're actually going to be running a fashion show for uh, disability fashion. And that that is a, a new one for us. And we're looking forward to how that will unfold. Last year, we were one of the few, I think, in the country that was successfully ran three expos across the country in Melbourne, Perth and Canberra. And the Melbourne one was touted as the largest assistive technology exhibition in the world, uh, mainly because we had well over 3,000 attend. And there's approximately um, greater than 140 exhibitors. The way the, the show is set up is to, for the exhibitors to be able to engage with the visitors and also provide good quality education. A number of universities use the ATSA Expo as part of their training and support of OTs. And these OTs go around and actually get to learn a lot more of what's going on. We've also recognized that um, often the OT uh, sector bring their clients on day two because they've done their exploratory visit and then they've identified specific stands that they would like to take their clients to to help identify a good, the best solution for them. The expo has been going on for just shy of 20 years um, wow. and it's been growing each year. And so in 2022, it'll be held in Sydney and Brisbane. Um, and we expect in the, in the realms of about four and a half to 5,000 people attend over those two venues. And these are covered over, over two days. So we get a lot of good and solid coverage um, and a lot of uh, interesting uh, presentations from various sectors across the, the, uh, the spectrum, from OTs themselves, from suppliers with different solutions, and also different technical needs and clinical uh, opportunities. So it's quite a positive event um, and most people really enjoy themselves. Yeah, I like... Um... Just to highlight, I guess, from my own experience, actually, I think I was at the very first ATSA many, many years ago, by the way. Um, uh, I, I think that um, what you said about what ATSA stands for in terms of um, supporting and being community focused, um, I would say everything culminates at that expo. Um, and what you mentioned there in terms of the day two, I guess I wanted to highlight with that from my own experience and from the videos that we've shown that it's not just a place where you go and pick up some brochures. Um, people come and do trials. Like they're actually a, a conducting trials. OTs are like, like I know we have our uh, uh, automotive standard mobility engineering, and we generally have one or two people full time there just administering trials for OTs because they're coming there all day. Um, and so, and that not, that's not just us. That's all the wheelchair stands, all of them. So you've got fully interactive displays that are there um, that are all functional and working. And so it's not just, hey, come and pick up a brochure and get sold. It's um, come and figure out what, it's, it's a functional um, facility, not just an expo as such. Um, and, and, and I think your philosophy of what ATSA stands for, what you mentioned before, um, really comes out in that expo. Um, and, and as you said, people are encouraged to come back on day two and, and we're booking in trials and I know other people do and so, and OTs come along and there's that sort of education piece as well. So I think 
um, yeah, I think it does provide a really good one-stop shop um, for this industry uh, for both end users and um, for the, the uh, client uh, OTs as such. Look, I, I, I 100% agree with you there, Ali. It's the, the assistive technology is very personal and it's a personal device that actually interacts with the person to be able to enjoy and get on with their life. And these expos are designed with that in mind and that respect in mind to allow the individual to actually understand, play, touch, work, and, and consider what, what the solutions are right for them. You can't run these type of shows on a webinar. You can't run these type of shows through a magazine. No. These shows are really very personal. And as I mentioned before, tactile, you have to get engaged in part of that. Now, obviously, in this COVID world, there's hygiene and uh, appropriate protocols that are in place for safety of, of our visitors, and uh, that's uh, supported by the exhibitors as well. So I don't think people should be af afraid of the, the environment, but I think what they need to see is the opportunities and horizons and the new concepts or possible solutions that they haven't considered before. Yeah, and, and like I say to... All the I love um, inviting OTs and, and end users out there because you it, one of the hardest things for the OTs and and um, the clients is to coordinate all the different trials and all the different people and all the different things. Well, this way they're all there in one spot, ready waiting. You know, so you just have to get in the car and get yourself out there, and you've got them all there um, in one spot. And I really advocate people to go to that sort of facility because. It's the ultimate facility, trial facility. It's um, it's got everything there, you know. Um, and you, you'll find something in that in that solution, the hall, you know. So I think that's a really good um, good thing for people to be aware of the expo as such. And and it's kind of like your flagship event. Uh, and and on that note, um, is there other things that you are involved in? I know that ATSA is involved in um, lobbying and and working, uh, representing the community. Um, what kind of stuff have you done? What are you doing? Um, yeah, how can people help? The, 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 the old saying goes, Ali, in this situation, lots. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, the practical side of, of, of ATSA, it's not just the expos. It's actually looking at government legislation, access to assistive technology and where those intersections take place. And, and as you're aware yourself, Ali, that legislation is designed to help and protect individuals to make sure that they purchase safe and appropriate product. But sometimes the way the legislation is written creates unintended barriers and um, difficulties for people that just simply want to get on with their life. So ADS has been involved working with the various motor uh, transport authorities. We work very closely with the Therapeutic Goods Administration. And for those um, who are unaware, assistive technology in most cases are de deemed as a medical device, and they're actually regulated in that context. So there's a lot of work done with the Therapeutic Goods Administration. On top of that, there's obviously the number of funding uh, groups that uh, are involved across the country, both state and federal. And obviously the NDIA is always front of mind and sometimes can be considered as the, the, tough, the tough nut in the room. But the reality is, if you look at what the NDIA and the NDIS legislation has to has given um, the Australian Society is a world-class, world-first, world-leading world uh, disability funding program. Have, does, has things gone wrong? Have things gone wrong? 
and have people's lives been uh, unintendedly disrupted? Certainly. But when you consider the volume of people involved, the money concerned and the access that's now been made available, I think if everyone looked at long and hard, this has actually made a big difference uh, to our society. And ATS has been there um, in there fighting for access and has been heavily involved with a lot of the changes and a lot of the legislative frameworks that have been put into play. Um, I had the fortunate uh, involvement from the early days when it was being put together when I was working for Paracord. So there's a great understanding of what these programs do. Uh, ATSA sits on the Quality and Safeguards Commission representative group. Uh, it now sits on the NDIA uh, industry reference group. We also sit on the TGA industry reference group. Um, and we're commissioned quite regularly by various federal government and state bodies to discuss different thoughts and comments on what changes or improvements could be uh, put in play to help people with uh, disability to access AT in a timely and effective manner. So what I would say, I guess, to that, to the people listening, is um, if, if you have consistent issues, um, can, as, as um, David said, they're helping people gain access to, to equipment where sometimes may not have, uh, you know, things could get in the way, which may be unintentional. And we have had stories like that with past guests where they've had to have, you know, unnecessary barriers or whatnot, or maybe impressions of their disabilities are not um you know in line with what they're thinking and so on and groups like ATSA are, are very effective in um supporting that and also as we've talked about with past guests there are sometimes barriers or issues that people face and sometimes there are common themes amongst these barriers and issues and if you're seeing common themes or major barriers or issues um as you can see by what david has said they've been fairly successful in um in fighting for the community when the issues are, I guess, the right things to fight for. Um, and they can see that there is an avenue where things are, you know, not being applied the right way and, and using their experience, they can get behind that. And they're, they're I guess, they're, for lack of a better term, power slash influence um, to, to, you know, get a good result for the, the community. And, and we've seen that happen time and time again um, in a very sensible, pragmatic and, um, and, and, you know, like effective manner. So that's another thing that we, I guess, uh, will highlight out there about ATSA um, and the benefit of, I guess, being close to them is, is that, that ability to have that extra strength and power within this community. Yeah, thanks, Ali. And, and one of those sort of key things is that a lot of our members are usually a litmus test of issues that potentially would come up. And that's one of the key things that ATSA recognises their position and their, their point of responsibility. So for example, there's been issues um, historically with hand controls um, and certain states having different uh, viewpoints on how those rules are applied and the implications on how those rules are applied have actually impacted people's lives unnecessarily. And that's what's actually taken up the fight with the various legislative um, bodies to get those things resolved. There's no financial gain for ATSA to do so. There's no financial gain for its members either. Uh, but what it is, is a gain for the user of those hand controls to actually get some of those issues resolved. One of the other areas that actually got involved a number of years ago was in regards to the uh, secondhand Japanese um, imports, and uh, they were not meeting Australian standards, um, and the importers were just wanting to ignore the Australian standards. 
And from an ATSIS perspective, the Australian standards are actually there for the welfare and safety of persons with a disability, and they shouldn't be treated any differently to any other citizen in the country. Uh, we successfully lobbied to ensure that disability vehicles are built to Australian standards for safety and for the well-being of the users and occupants of those vehicles. Some people could say, why would you do that? What's the benefit? Um, it's actually a benefit to the user. It's a cost to, the, to society in one respect, but it's actually a greater benefit to actually have safe vehicles. And I know Ali and his team were very much a part of that discussion. And the industry as a whole has actually backed ATSA's stance on this to make sure that people with a disability are tre treated as equal citizens. And we will continue to fight so, for such a thing. One person involved in a car accident cost the community millions of dollars, uh, injured in a car accident, should I say, um, through all indirects and direct costs. So, so if we can avoid any kind of unnecessary injury, um, then, then yeah, like it's, it's a no brainer to, as far as I'm concerned in terms of um, financial gain as well. And also, which we haven't actually, I think, had them on yet, but that there is um, uh, more and more modeling emerging out in regards to, and I don't know if you've actually seen any of this, um, David, in regards to um, the cost of the NDIS and the cost of this equipment, and it's actually being paid back much quicker than what people thought because of the open, I guess, someone buys a piece of equipment, they're in society and they're actively integrating into society. And um, from what I understand, the payback figure um, of this money through tax and community engagement is actually a lot faster and higher than what people originally thought. Yeah, we, we're hoping to have uh, Angela Burnt and, and Claire Hutchinson on, uh, who actually did a research study specifically around car modifications. And, you know, when we're talking about $150,000 worth of modifications to a car on, on some occasions, is that value for money for payback to the community? And the research says um, that it takes around two and a half years to pay that back with taxes and spending in the community and GST and, and all of those type of things that they're able to do now that they're able to get out and about in the community more often. So stick around and tune in for a later podcast. We haven't set a date for that one yet, but that'll be a very interesting chat. So there's research there to back that up for sure. Yeah. Um, I just uh, want to ask uh, a bit more questions about specifically about the upcoming ATSAs, uh, David, and draw us back to that conversation, the expos, I should say. The expos that are coming up, what, what dates are they on and how, how do people find out more about it and how do we, how do they, is it, is it free, does it cost money, does it, can you give us more specifics about the ATSA expos coming up? Certainly, Brad. Look, the, the, the reality is they're free to attend. That, that is the commitment that ANSA's um, had in place since, since their inception in early 2000, that the idea is to allow people to be able to come in unencumbered and be able to have a look around and actually see a good quality event. Now, in the Brisbane, it's going to be from the 11th to the 12th of May this year, and that's going to be held at the RRR. NA Showgrounds Brisbane. And then the Sydney event is on the 25th to the 26th of May uh, this year, and that's at Sydney Olympic Park. Um, and that is a larger event than the Brisbane one, but by no means is the Brisbane one a discounted opportunity at all for people to attend. 
both events have uh, different educational programs. Um, there's obviously some crossovers um, in those educational programs. And the best thing is actually go to the ATSA website, which is the classic three W's, uh, atsa.org.au, and uh, log on there and look through to get to the expos and register, uh, because then you'll see the program, get the education and all the various exhibitors along with a, with a floor plan of who's there and where the, where you can go. So you can actually plan your event in advance. If you do uh, some of your pre-booking, you can get free coffee. And in some circumstances, uh, there is free parking being made available. Fantastic. And um, yeah, OTs that are listening into this, um, we've already highlighted, get get there and have a look and, and discuss uh, options about uh, your clients and participants with the providers that are there. And why not bring your participant with you, bring your client with you and, and really test it out firsthand. It sounds fantastic. There's plenty of time to book it in as well. I would highly recommend, as David said, looking at the exhibitors and contacting them to see if you can book in a trial because that's what they're doing. They've got all their gear there. It all works. And particularly um, from my experience of the ATSA Expo, and as you can see from the video, the way it's laid out is very, very open. So people can come with their families and walk past. Like It's, it's huge wide spaces. Um, so you can easily take, um, take up space and do a trial with your family and, and have everybody there. Um, so I highly recommend that aspect. And the last thing I would highly recommend um, is the clinical education programs. Some of them in particular are extremely popular and they quote unquote book out or sell out. They don't, they're not, they don't cost money, but the seats book out. So um, like I know we've had her on before, Amy Bjornsson, she always books out many, um, you know, a couple of weeks in advance. So if you want to see some of these people, register now sooner than later, because you will miss out on the um, educational talks. They've become pretty popular. Um, and so, so yeah, I would highly recommend you get your, your butts in, onto the website and, um, and register that stuff um, sooner than later, because we have had OTs come to our stand at an expo and just express disappointment because they missed on a education session you know so um so yeah get onto it it's getting pretty popular and yeah i think that's a pretty good point to sort of wrap it up as well yeah so uh, david if if people wanted to assist atsa or find out more about atsa or get involved in somehow um is there a way that they could reach out to you or to atsa in general yes just drop us a line on um info at atsa atsa.org.au and just um Put your inquiry, your question, or your offering um, to us, and we'd be more than delighted to uh, to guide you and uh, be part of this great event. Um, there's lots of opportunity. We know historically we've had a lot of students being involved as um, guide guiders at at the various um, education events and being being able to partake. Um, we also do a lot of various universities will run uh, research activities at on the on the floor and they were often looking for volunteers as well so be a part of it um, this show is for everybody it's not for just ATSA it's not just for the ATSA expos it's actually there to benefit everyone who attends fantastic right. David absolutely fantastic but we can't let you get away without our final question that we ask everybody what's something that you've done in your car or a memory that you've got traveling around in your car that you might like to share with us it can be something funny it can be a, a family history story or uh, sharing an adventure in in uh, days gone by look my, my my funniest event and it's probably when you look in retrospect it was probably a very foolish thing in itself 
Um, I, I wanted to go out to Mungo Lakes and um, I had an all-wheel drive vehicle, not a four-wheel drive vehicle. So it's a, a classic light light vehicle, but it actually had very wide tyres. So in reality, on a dirt road, it's not the most ideal setup. But anyway, the, the road to Mungo Lakes was closed and was closed because of heavy rain and flooding. Um, and I was driving past and the, the roads were made open. So off I went. Um, only discover I probably was the first car on the road since they opened the road. Um, I all but got to Mungo Lake and I was driving and all of a sudden the car's just drifting and drifting and there's this mud everywhere and somehow by pure uh, divine intervention I'm sure I got through to the other side. When I pulled up at Mungo Lakes uh, you could imagine the wheel arches as if a bricky had had a trail, a trail, and actually packed the mud around the wheel arches. <laughs> the expressions were priceless when people came out to look at this Audi Q3, full of mud, <laughs> packed to the hilt, and as if and few people shaking their heads as if to say, "How did you get here and in one piece?" And how are you getting home? <laughs> and how I'm getting home? I did make it home. Thankfully, I went the different way back. <laughs> But, but yeah, looking wow. back on retrospect, it was probably a foolish thing, but somehow I got away with it. But it was certainly an enjoyable event. And I do recommend Mungo Lakes as a bucket list for anyone listening. I went there in January. An absolutely amazing place. Absolutely it's amazing. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you just sit there and just take it in. I highly recommend it to everyone as well. So, yeah, it's a beautiful place. That's a great story. All right, so that brings us to the end of this section. Um, hang around because Ali and I are going to do our top three takeaways like we do after uh, every uh, interview. So stick around for that after this very short break. But until then, we'd like to say thank you to David Sinclair, Thanks, David. who's the CEO of ATSA. And if you want to get in contact, we'll put the links in our show notes to uh, get in contact and the ATSA website. So David, thank you very much. Thanks guys for having me. All right, welcome back everybody. In this section, we bring you our expert analysis and top three takeaways from the interview that's from this episode. This is where Brad and I provide more than 30 years of joint experience in the industry, helping people with disabilities to drive and get out in the community in a safe and meaningful way to break down what we've learned. So, Brad, takeaways. What did you learn? Oh, well, the first thing is about these ATSA expos is that they're a one-stop shop, is that they've got all of these industry leaders there where you can go and test stuff out. There's... I've been to them before, Ali, you've got stands at them. You can go and test out from a wheelchair to a KitchenAid to a mobility, getting out in the community car, hand controls, left foot accelerators, wheelchair access cars. It's You can choose your wheelchair and then see if it fits in the back of a car as an example. So it's a yeah. one-stop shop where you can go and test out a whole lot of stuff uh to help you your aids to help you get out and about in the community and and enjoy life yeah yeah it's uh, i mean as you can probably tell from my passion about this expo i've been there doing it for a long time and talking pretty positively about it and that's the main reason why i'm so passionate about it is that factor is the factor that i guess we even as i've spoken about with this particular podcast the driving factor of this podcast personally as with both of us is to get people out there trying this equipment yeah. 
And yeah. so, so for me personally, having one hall with all the equipment there that's functional, it just makes me super excited and nerdy, you know, and, and like, that's so cool that we can go there. And, and I love going there and looking at all the gear myself. And, and I love that people are so passionate about the gear and they want to help out and they want to help each other. And, and, and on the back of that, as a, on the back of that, um, as we mentioned also in the interview, you can actually do proper trials for MDIS and fill out your forms and do all of that in the expo. There's, there's a lot of the companies like ours and other companies are, have got dedicated team members to help facilitate that. And, um, and it's a great place to go and do it. You know, so you've got, you can have your family there, you can have other people there. It's, it's so much less restrictive than um, doing it like at someone's office or, or at a car, uh, you know, at a house. So, so yeah, that's why I, I hugely like to push that expo. And um which then leads us on to the second um, learning around that expo and, um, and highlight is, is the education sessions. So mm. get out there and learn more. Um, like we've said in this, uh, that's another reason why we do this podcast and another reason, um, another thing that we see out there is sharing information helps empower people and helps make better decisions um, and get better products for, for yourself. So Get out there, learn about it, learn what's right, what's not, how things work. These education, I've also delivered educational talks at these educational seminars. And the reason why I highlight them also is sometimes when you go to, um, if you're an OT and you're listening to this, you'll definitely have experienced this. You'll go to quote unquote in services and they're just a sales pitch. You know, it's just the guy just selling the crap out of the wheelchair or whatever it is. And 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 the thing is, is with ATSA, when they do their education sessions, they actually screen the session and you have to submit um, the, the, the content of your session. And if there is any kind of sales element to it, they won't accept your session. Mm. So, so you can be assured that you're going to go there and actually get information, not be sold, um, yeah. which is pretty different to what a lot of us experiences, particularly as OTs, um, because you're just getting sold stuff all the time and it can get confusing. Yeah, that's that's fantastic to hear. Hey, um, I also know that you're going to go, and uh, for the benefit of our listeners, uh, you're gonna you're gonna go and like last year, do a walk around and do a few interviews and a few trials yourself, and and record some of the interactions that you have at the Atzer Expo. So for people that uh, can't make it to Sydney or Brisbane this year, um, then tune in. Tune into uh, Ali coming up in a future episode, and uh, when he goes live and and does it without a script, and and goes around and interviews some of the um, industry experts in the area, um, and 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 does some of the trials, and goes in and has a look at some of the cars. Um, probably best to to view it on YouTube, and if you haven't done so yet make sure you scroll back to one of our earlier episodes. I can't remember what number it is, but it's back in probably back number 10, maybe somewhere around that area where Ali went to the Melbourne ATSA Expo last year and uh, did a walk around. And uh, this year he's, he's setting himself up with a, with a few more interviews. Yeah. And this one, this one, um, it was about this time last year. So it was around May, May also last year. So, so yeah. And then I guess on that note, um, uh, bringing us to our last learning is um, is the the fact that ATSA does more than just the expo. Like we have talked oh. a lot about the expo and they are very much within um, the industry known as kind of like the flagship expo. Um, but they are, as he said at the beginning, they're a community organization, they're a charity, they're focused 
And that's the purpose behind the expo, bringing um, more access to people with disabilities to the community. So um, they are an advocacy group. Um, they do use industry. Um, and I, again, I'll, uh, David mentioned some stuff. I have worked, um, they work with passionate industry people like myself, and I've supported a lot with, and as he said, with no financial gain, we've supported a lot of, um, uh, I guess, battles to the legislation and battles to um, guidelines where what we found is they're working counterproductive to what's the best thing for the people, you know, um, both disabled and non-disabled. So, so uh, and these guys are really sensible. They've got a really good team of industry people around them that support them. And if you've got an issue that you're trying to get over the line, um, talk to them, you know, reach out to ADSA. They, they are very genuine and they will help you. Or if they can't, they'll put you in touch with people that can. And they've done the same for me as well. Yeah, yeah. And uh, look, that's it's fantastic that they're going beyond just, I mean, there's no entry cost to the ATSA Expos. They're not in it to make money at all. They are a charity non-for-profit. So uh, make sure that you get behind them and support them and uh, utilize what they're, you know, all their hard work uh, to try to make the disability industry um, more accessible for everybody and promote better products, better safety, um, and improve people's lives. So we applaud the, um, the ATSA initiative. All right. I think that's that's that brings it to an end. So um, as we say in every episode, we want to do a shout out to our sponsors, Mobility Engineering and Williams OT for helping uh, bring you this interview today, today with David Sinclair. So um, thank you again to David and a reminder, uh, a shout out to make sure that you get in contact with ATSA if you want more information. Uh, ATSA, just put that into your Google search bar and it'll take you to the to the website and um, you'll be able to get in contact through the contact page on there. Um, just as a reminder that Williams OT Driver Assessments and Rehab has all of the pieces of the puzzle to assist people with disabilities reach their driving and community mobility goals. And Mobility Engineering is a team of passionate and dedicated people focusing on bringing Australia's largest range of suitable transport solutions for all walks of life and today it, it speaks a thousand words we every week when we do this podcast we sign off with the same one but um today it has more meaning because it's what the whole interview has been about so as we say in every episode the advice provided in this podcast is general in nature but if you've got any queries about what can work for you, make sure you contact your local OT or mobility dealer and set yourself up for, with a trial because trials really do put you in the driver's seat. So why not get to the ATSA Expo and set yourself up with heaps of trials and trial everything that's going on until uh, the next episode. Thanks very much, Ali, and we'll see you soon. Thanks very much, Brad. See you next time. Okay, see ya. Thanks for listening to the Drive Able podcast with Brad Williams and Aliak Barry. If you like what you've heard, make sure you like, rate, and subscribe. It really does make a massive difference. If you or anyone you know would like to share a story about driving with a disability, or you would like to get in contact, find the show notes, or find the resources mentioned in this episode, you can find us on Facebook. Just search at Drive Able Podcast for more information.